Good evening, everybody. We're back for another episode of the Making It Our Own podcast. Tracy and Mimi here to break down the latest episode of Making It on NBC, the very popular and inspirational crafting competition. How are you doing, Mimi? Oh, I'm fine. So we're excited to, to jump in and talk about some of these projects. Just a couple of things for folks who might be listening for the first time. Mimi is actually my mom, and um, we have a long history of crafting together and learning from one another, mostly me from her. So it's, it's a lot of fun to talk about these projects together. But you can find us on Twitter at Making It Our Own. We also have a subreddit if folks want to get on and chat about different projects of their own or projects from the show. That is Making It NBC, capital M, capital I and then capital N, capital B, capital C. So if you're interested in that, check that out as well. And when we finish up our discussion today, we've got something really special in store for the listeners, an interview with contestant Billy Keel. And I think it's no surprise if you're listening, Billy had a big night this week. So we're excited to to hear from him and talk about his experience on the show. So I think we can move on into our favorite segment. That's, that's always a great way to kick it off. We have seven contestants on this week, Fastercraft and Mastercraft. So how about I go first this week, Mimi? Yeah. That sound good? Okay. All right. So for the Fastercraft category, we had Amber doing the San Francisco Bay Bridge. Billy had the Green Monster. Kim had the abandoned highways. Joe uh, had very detailed expression of her home, her childhood home in Ohio. Jeff did a skyline of New York. Nicole did a beautiful display of Vermont. And Robert had a wonderful etched fireworks display over his dome. And these were all in very tiny form in terrariums. So they were very unique, pretty with the glass and everything. And they were all as as has been the case so far, very different from one another. I think the one I'm going to select for my favorite this week is Kiem's and the Abandoned Highways. And I thought it was, I think what I liked so much about it, I mean, the execution was great, the way he used the the roofing tiles, is that what you call them? No, shingles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got that wrong. For, I guess, like the pavement, I thought that was really creative and a, a neat way to, to show the, the road, and it was obviously such a special memory and meant so much to him that his, you know, girlfriend at the time was willing to get up so early and go out there and, and look at something that was special or had a memory for him, and it, it, it sounded like the way he described it, that that moment really made him realize how much, you know, they must feel for one another, so that was a really special moment, but it also took something that some people, I mean, they were abandoned highways, so just the, you know, the name in itself, something that's abandoned or overlooked or not used anymore, he drew attention to it and made something special out of it and made a special memory out of it. And I just I just thought it looked looked really cool in there. And it was, I mean, I, I have to admit, I had a lot of fun hearing Amy talk about the little tiny Kim and Amber. That was really funny. Um, So that was probably my favorite in that category. But um, a runner-up would probably be Roberts with the fireworks etched in the dome of of the glass. I just thought that was 
really pretty and a, a neat way to display fireworks. I thought that was very eye-catching and, and came out looking really nice. So how about you? What, what were your thoughts on the faster craft portion? Well, when I first heard them say it was going to be home terrariums, I thought, oh, yuck. You know, I remember ter- terrariums from a long time ago, and they were mostly plants. And I can just mm-hmm. look at a plant and they die. But I thought, well, you know, I'll, I'll keep watching because they're bound to do something special with them, you know. Yeah. And uh, certainly they did. And I, I loved the new version with the figures and the structures. They were just great. And I enjoyed the way each told a special memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hated to, to, to see Jeff go because I thought his uh, terrarium was one of the best. Mm-hmm. But um, as he said, you know, he had problems with his board, and it was a good idea. But even he said that he didn't have time to present it um, mm-hmm. the way he wanted. But mm-hmm. um, also while we're hitting on the terrariums, I had a little problem with that because the home terrarium, well, I can't say it, terrariums, uh, were supposed to be each person's memory of their mm-hmm. home. And right. I didn't think, uh, and if it was well executed, I didn't think it was fair to judge the memory. For example, Mm-hmm. At the bridge. They just didn't seem to be excited about that, but it mm-hmm. was his special memory. And, right. and Joe's house that her father had built and, and Nicole's barn, they said, too typical. How can a memory be typical? I just mm-hmm. didn't yeah. um, agree with the way they judged those, but I was really excited to see them, and, and I think they all did. Uh, a good job. It was hard to tell, you know, which one to pick. Yeah, it, it's, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later in, in the podcast, and we touched on it some last week, too. It just seems like an impossible task to judge right. people's craft and, and designs. Yeah, we'll get into that some more. It, it's a hard job. I wouldn't want to do it, but no. I, I definitely can relate to some of that frustration because, you know, we all see things differently and all the, the memories, like you said, mean something very special, you know, to each person. All right. Well, for our favorite segment on the Mastercraft side, they were to build some type of fort or place structure big enough with an entrance and an exit, big enough for a child to go into and out of and spend time in, and then like a companion toy to go with it. And I say child. But um, I think Simon even went in the rocket ship. Right? Who went in the rocket ship? Was um, it Simon? I can't remember no. now. Or was um, it? Oh, no, it was, it was Nick. Nick. Yeah, yeah, Nick went inside there. So it doesn't just have to be the children enjoying these structures. And to be honest, I wanted to go and play inside of a lot of them too. I don't know if I would fit, but you know, <laughs> that, they're just brought up so many fun memories, and it just makes you made me feel playful. Oh. Yeah. So, but probably my favorite, and, you know, not to jump on the, you know, a bandwagon of, of the winners, but I really did like the taco truck. I think that's a space I would have enjoyed playing in as a child. So that was probably my favorite, but a follow-up, uh, close follow-up would be the, the domed playscape that Robert made with the tangrams. And mm-hmm. I, I think we probably grew up in, in the same 
generation. And I remember those dome structures always at school and on playgrounds. So that was a very vivid memory for me. And I, I love the way he added something fun, but also, you know, educational um, with his toy. I thought that was, was really cool. But, yeah, they look great. I mean, Nicole's butterfly was, was beautiful. It looked like a piece of art. And I did really like how when they, when they took the camera inside and looked through it, it um, was really pretty. So that, that would, I could see that being a fun space to lay inside of and just sort of dream or read a book or something. So, um, yeah. But, that, but those were a couple of my favorites. How about you? Well, you know, I've said before that I really like Billy and think, He's a good family man, and that he shows that through his crafts. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, he was obviously disappointed about his terrarium, but um, he didn't give up, and he just, right. you know, kept going and doing his best. And that that taco truck was just terrific with all the details, the menus, mm-hmm. the food, and like Nick pointed out, children have always loved to play store. Um, yeah, but I'll also add that. I hope they gave Joe a chance to patent her rainbow fort before they mm-hmm. did the because I can yeah. I could just see toy companies now selling them in all types of fabrics for girls and boys and yeah. you know with a number of um, uh, accessories and uh, yeah. I just thought that was such a cool idea. I remember seeing her, you know, when they sort of uh, view around the barn with the pool noodles, and I thought, gosh, what is the girl going to do with those? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a great use, especially around kids with it not, you know, it doesn't hurt, it's soft, you know. If you, you know exactly. You can't yeah. really hurt yourself on, on the pool noodle. So, um, yeah, I'm a big fan of pool noodles. I, we'll probably touch on that a little bit later in a, a segment we're adding called Toolbox. So, hmm, I'm going to tuck that away. So, yeah, I mean, it seemed like we were kind of in a, agreement there that they were all great. And, uh, but, yeah. you know, we really, we really like that taco truck. All right. Now we're going to hit our little classroom segment. Talk about if we learned something new this week. Did you learn something new this week, Mom? Well, my <laughs> learning was a little negative. And uh, like you said, I learned that even though the judges have a hard job, I don't always agree with them or understand their criteria. It seems like sometimes the criteria changes from one individual to another. But, for instance, the hometown terrariums, each person's memory is just that. And uh, if it's well executed, I didn't think it was fair to judge the memory and, for example, as you mentioned before, Kim's abandoned bridge or Joe's house that her father had built. And I think they made the comment that um, Nicole's barn was just too typical. And how can a memory be typical, you know, if mm-hmm. that's what her memory was? Um, mm-hmm. As I understood the terrariums, they were supposed to be memories. They weren't supposed to be advertisements or things that would entice the people to come to those locations. I just I learned, you know, a lot of things, like you say, the etching and uh, working with the polymer clay. They were just all types of 
skills, you know, shown and things that I thought I might be interested in. But I guess I just got hung up on the judges this week. So I guess yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's I don't I don't think that I I could do it. And and how like you said, how do you even set the criteria to begin with? So, but yeah, it's hard. We we get invested in these contestants and their work, and we can relate to some memories more than others. Um, or certain designs more than others. So sometimes I think we even feel like we're being judged if we if we really like one and, and maybe they don't respond to it yeah. as well. So I, I totally know yeah. what you mean. So for me, I learned, you mentioned the etching. I did not realize, I always thought that etching, when you applied the cream, you were adding something to the glass, you know, to, to give it that look. I didn't realize that it, the the acid in it I can't remember the name, actually, you know, breaks down the glass and it actually takes away from the glass, from the actual composition to give it that look. So that was that was pretty cool to realize that it was kind of the opposite of, of what I thought it was doing. Um, so right. I, yeah, I like picking, picking up all that knowledge along yeah. the way. Well, we talked a lot about their memories. Let's talk a little bit about our memories. Um, I wanted to find out from you if any of the projects elicited a specific memory for you, something you remembered by, by watching their projects? The memory for this time was the fourth segment made me think of the clothesline tents I used to make. I would oh. put a piece of the clothesline and place uh-huh. the brick on each corner to hold it open. Then okay. I would lay another sheet or quilt on the ground it could be a house or a store or what anything I was in the mood for it to be that day. And oh. for listeners that might be somewhere near my age, I'm sure a lot of them have probably done the same thing. And mm-hmm. if you came along later when they were clothes dryers, I guess you just missed out on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That That's funny that you, you – mentioned that about the clothes dryers and it change, it could change your experience. You might not have that experience as a child once, you know, dryers were more available because you didn't really use a clothesline. Um, I find that interesting because my memory had to do with the taco truck. And, you know, like you said, I, I know I growing up and a lot of kids like to play store. And when I was growing up, drive throughs began to become very popular. So, I, if, I'm sure you remember in our, one of our homes in the utility room, there was a window that opened side to side instead of up and down. So to me, that was like a drive-through window. I could pull it to the side and talk to someone outside. And we used that window to play drive-through. But where the kind of the, the crafting memory comes to play is we would wrap food. We would take um, lunch sacks, you know, to bag up the food for the drive-through, but we would also wrap the ingredients in paper, you know, like this is this is your sandwich or whatever, and we'd, you know, take rocks usually and wrap those up like they were, you know, the sandwich and fill up the bag, you know. And half of the fun or more was figuring out how to play it and how to create all these props, you know, like using the lunch sacks and wrapping the rocks and things. And... I know as I, you know, am older and I have kids now, there are, you know, toys out there that electronic cash registers and little plastic foods, and, you know, it's so realistic. And I think, oh, well, that's really fancy. That's cool. But my fun was making that stuff for myself 
And I think that's a lot of what I love about this show is just remembering how fun it is to go through the process of of creating things and then being able to enjoy them. So the um the the taco truck really reminded me of playing drive through fast food restaurant um in our utility room. So <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah. So good stuff. Good stuff. Um well Sharon gave us some feedback in our little mailbag. You can always send an email to Tracy T R A C E Y at so many shows.com. And I'm just going to share a little bit about what she had to say. Her favorite, speaking, uh, when we talked about her favorite, hers was Robert's dome structure with the tangram. And, uh, she was, she was a little frustrated with how people didn't seem to respond immediately to the tangrams about how cool they were. Like it was like they were mysterious or something. Now, Sharon is a teacher and so, she knows all about those, but I, I think, I mean, I would think most of us remember those types of puzzles from it at some point, so I think she was hoping for a little more enthusiasm about those. I was enthusiastic about them, but um, she did have that to mention, and she made a, a, a good point how she really liked watching everything go from miniature in the first um, craft to life-size and interactive in the second one, you know, that huge range going from, from tiny to, to life-size. So, that, yeah, that was cool. So, speaking of judging, I tasked you with trying to come up with three criteria that you think would be the most fair to use for judging craft projects. I mean, we've decided it's really hard, and we wouldn't want to do it. But what do you think, if you were, were the judge, if you had to do it, what kind of criteria do you think you would use? What are three components that you would use to judge? I have to admit, when I started thinking about that, it gave me a lot more respect for the people that are doing it. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but for myself, I guess if it answers the challenge asked for, in other words, okay, if they want a terrarium that shows your home memory, if it shows mm-hmm. the home memory, then that that meets that one, and if okay. it's well executed and completed, which I know mm-hmm. many of the contestants now are finding it hard to have time to complete some of their projects. Sure. And then mm-hmm. if the project is done in a new way, say with mediums you haven't seen before, uh, like you mentioned, the the etching on the glass, uh, mm-hmm. if it's if it meets all the other criteria and it's new and something different that you know has come just from them, then that would that would give it a plus for me. Okay, okay. Um, and so I tried to come up with my list of three too, and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's not easy. But I, my first one was the aesthetic. Is it just pretty? Is it pleasing? And, and not necessarily pretty. It could be like I mean, like Kim's was aesthetically pleasing even though it wasn't necessarily a traditionally pretty thing that, that he was displaying. But is it pleasing to the eye? And then, like you, I said, finished and complete. Does it have a nice finished look? And then I didn't really want to say unique or originality because I don't think that's necessarily what I'm going for because, like, Nicole's Vermont was gorgeous. It wasn't necessarily an original unique memory but you know it, it was very beautiful so I, I find it hard to to use unique as some tor- type of judgment but I think clever right. use of materials is what I came up with for my third criteria it, you know 
if you if there's something if I'm trying to decide between two projects and they're both beautiful and they're both finished, is there something clever about the materials used? Um, maybe that would be a deciding factor for me. And I don't, I don't even know if that's fair, but I, but I do get excited when I see, like, Kim using the shingles. I thought that was such a neat way to represent, you know, pavement in, in tiny right. form. And and the pool noodles with Joe and things was, was a clever use of materials and, and very functional as well. So, yeah, for me, aesthetic, was it finished, a good finished look and clever use of materials could, you know, be a third yeah, I, I think the color and like you say just being drawn to something is important to the judges too because I remember when I saw the project sitting on the stand that mm-hmm. the uh, red bridge against the white fog and everything you know just really popped you know you kind mm-hmm. of at that yeah. first and, and then maybe you were looking at the others okay so we're adding a little um, segment for tonight. We're going to call it the toolbox. And we are not suggesting that we are experts in any way, but it's always fun to share with one another and maybe, like we talked about, learning more things about crafts from the show. So maybe we have something that would be helpful to someone out there, or maybe you just find it interesting to hear about. So our, our topic is adaptive crafts. And so Mom is going to talk just briefly about any experience she's had um, where she would always help my grandma who loved crafts, crochet, knitting, cross-stitching, but as grandma got older, her eyes didn't work as well, her hands didn't work the same way, things were harder. So I, I seem to recall my mom having some ways to try to help her. So we want her to talk a little bit about that. And then I have um, a daughter who has special needs, and so sometimes I adapt things a little bit for doing crafts or projects with her because she doesn't have the, the typical um, abilities, you know, of most kids her age. So why don't you start first, Mom, and do you have it? Were there any um, tools that were helpful to Grandma as she tried to do her crafts as she um, got older or things you did for her? She always wanted to do the hard design. She didn't want to try to think that it was simple. And yeah. So one she wanted to do uh, complete a Lord's Supper's cross stitch that was a, whose pattern was about three pages long, and wow. uh, she first started having trouble with her sight a little before that. And okay. if you go through your craft stores uh, at that time, and I'm sure they still do, they sold magnifiers that would hang around your neck and rest mm-hmm. on your chest, so you could see mm-hmm. your work better. And uh, when she decided she wanted to do this Lord's Supper, she was even older, I was able to enlarge the pattern and had them laminated so they could be placed on a good-sized piece of foam core that she could pop up to follow the pattern. And when we took it to be framed, the owner of the shop said in all his career he had only seen two people complete that design. Wow. So she was very proud of it, and I was too, and she uh, donated it to my sister's church, and it still hangs mm. there. And oh, wow. uh, also, I think okay. you will remember that uh, she dressed uh, a doll for Casey as a bride. Yeah. Helped her by purchasing the um, lace and flower trims, and 
I would glue those on, but she did the uh, crochet and everything else herself. And then Uncle Tony helped by making a case to keep the doll in to protect it. Mm -hmm. um, I just, at this point, I haven't looked online or been and had a chance to be in shops that much, but I'm sure they Mm -hmm. have uh, many more things that help people when they have problems seeing and uh, also when her hands started getting arthritis, she kind of switched to smaller uh, projects like uh, bookmarks okay. and things. So she could still be active, but it wasn't as hard to hold on to the material and so forth. Having to do it for so long, yeah. And I think it's uh, I think it's good to mention that. Well, just some things I I use with Casey that that have been helpful is uh, I've learned through her therapist and things that it, it helps if you if your fine motor is not as good it helps to build up your tools like even even with eating like utensils for an example building when I say building up like making it thicker where you hold the fork even wrapping foam or tape or there's different products to build it up so it's easier to grasp so um, it, they have crayons they make now that of course there's always been the bigger fatter crayons but they make some that are almost like knobs that are easy to grasp. So oh. any way that you can make the tool or the brush or whatever easier to grasp by making it thicker around um, can be helpful. And and for her, even at the dollar store, you can get those paint brushes that um, have the paint in them. So you really just take the cap off and start painting. It's almost like a, a brush marker. Um, I know she likes uh, using those. And, and then just the idea of Maybe she won't paint traditionally with a brush the way you or I do, but it's also a fun way to experiment with other things you can paint with. It doesn't have to be a brush. And I, I think I, I found this online, and I, I wish I could give credit to um, who had the idea, but it was like the idea of taking matchbox cars um, or any, any sort of toy car and running it through an ink pad or in some paint and then just moving it on the paper and the tracks from the tires make a cool design, you know. So just taking another object to paint with or to color with um, can be helpful. And then one year we made um, Christmas ornaments with those clear plastic balls that you could fill with things. Some people put paint in them and swirl them around. There's just all kinds of things you can do. And she had been, again, working on her fine motor skills, so we got a bunch of different colored pom-poms. Some of them were sparkly. Some of them were just a, a regular finish. And I would just give her the bowl, and she would just put them in there, and it would inevitably just make a cool set of colors by just grabbing different ones and putting them in there. And it, it gave a nice finished look. We put the cap on, and uh, she gave those out as gifts one year. So, um, yeah, those are just a, a couple of things I've used and and, and learned over the years. And I, I think it's just important to point out that everybody can do something with crafting and designing and art. It's definitely not something that has to be limited. So we just wanted to share some of those ideas with you all. And please send us ideas and maybe we can share them on the podcast as well. So anything else you noted this week, Mom, that you wanted to share before we get to Billy's interview? No, but I will say I remember Casey's Christmas ornament, and when I yeah. first saw it, I walked into the to the den, and it was laying there on the table, uh, and I thought, oh, what a pretty Christmas ornament. <laughs> and uh, I asked 
somebody where that came from, and they said that Casey had made that. And I yeah. just thought it was so cool, you know. Yeah. And yeah, I know she enjoyed doing it, and I sure have enjoyed having it. Yeah, she did. She was very industrious about putting those <laughs> together. It was it was a fun memory for me too. So, all right. Well, we're excited about sharing this interview with Billy. He has a lot of great things to share. And uh, we asked him maybe some questions that you all, um, as fellow viewers, um, have been wondering about as well. So, without further ado, we'll uh, get on to, to Billy. And thank you for joining us. And we'll be back next week. I'm so thrilled that we have one of the contestants on the podcast today, Billy Keel. Welcome, Billy. Hello. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is really great. Did you realize, first question, did you imagine up front that you would have um, collected this fan base already? You've got a lot of folks rooting for you. How does that feel? Oh, <laughs> um, oh it feels great, you know. Um, I... Uh... I, you know, I, I think uh, maybe um, I don't I don't really fit the mode of your sort of uh, traditional uh, sort of crafter. So okay. it's kind of fun that you know that this audience is kind of uh, still still kind of likes what I do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think you can think of that two ways because, um, yeah, the maybe more traditional folks can still appreciate uh, what you do, but I think you're also pulling in crafting fans that may not have, you know, been as interested before. You're showing them kind of a different side of things. So I think it's great all around. Oh, um, oh thank you so much. I, you know, I kind of feel like I, I, I came to crafting, you know, sort of by, by a different way, you know. It wasn't sort yeah. of like a family thing for me or anything. So and okay. I, you know, I, mm -hmm. I kind of, you know, take classes and stuff to sort of learn things. So, you know, I mm -hmm. like really hope that, that people are encouraged to do that, you know. Yeah, well, I I would say so. Now, can you can you peel back the curtain a little bit and tell us anything about your audition process for the show? Was that was that a stressful time or a, a lengthy experience? Can you tell us anything about that? Sure. Um, well, I uh, a friend of mine who's a woodworker sent me a form um, that said, um, you know, uh, there's a, a new um, uh, competition show. Uh, and he said, hey, let's fill this out. Let's do it together. And I said, all right, sounds great, you know. So I filled mm -hmm. it out. I, I didn't really think about it much more after that. And then it was kind of like a slow build. It was like, you know, first it was some phone calls and then it's like, mm -hmm. two, you know, and then it just keeps moving along kind of slowly but surely. And, you know, next thing I know, I'm in a room with, you know, all the, the people that are making the show and, and uh, meeting all of them and then, you know, and then it really felt like then really shortly thereafter I was in a barn with Nick Offerman and Andy <laughs> Yeah, it was happening. <laughs> Before you knew it, you were yeah. there. Wow. Okay, okay. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't feel a lot of uh, pressure just because it's all so new, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, uh -huh. you know, we're all we're all kind of pitching in to kind of, kind of make this thing together a little bit and I, I and I kind of feel like yeah. the things that they they wanted to do with it sort of the positive vibe and you know how um you know they they you know they really just wanted to inspire people to be creative I mean I, you know I was excited to be involved 
you know, as soon as and, and the fact that they stuck with that through the whole, you know, making the whole thing, mm-hmm. it's, it's really cool. Really cool to see. Definitely. Well, we had a question from one of our podcast listeners, Julio, and he wanted to know how does your work as a maker um, sort of inform or um, impact your role as a dad. Oh well, um, that's a good question. I uh, I, uh, I, um, I used to rent like I used to get uh, workspace like outside of my house. Um, mm-hmm. And then when I had kids, and as they've gotten older, my kids are seven and four now. And now they've gotten a little older, and they can kind of they like to come in and, and help out or draw or you know make stuff themselves. So I actually uh-huh. moved, I convert, I've converted my garage into my my workspace and I work back oh. here. So it, it's awesome. Very I cool. Really love, like yeah, thanks. I really love having them come back. You know, they're really inspiring to me, and you know, uh, awesome. they help out with stuff. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot of fun. You know. Okay. Very cool. That that must be a lot of fun for them. They must go to school <laughs> and say, "We've got a cool dad." <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say my daughter. Uh, I, I just saw like she did a little play at her summer camp on Friday, uh-huh. and uh, one of her one of her lines was that she was an artist and a crafter. So I felt very proud. Oh, <laughs> definitely. I love that. That that must be very <laughs> affirming. So it sounds like you you said that you didn't really necessarily learn crafts from your family or someone in your family. You were kind of you started kind of on your own. It has is 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 that the case? And has it sounds like your your kids maybe are picking up on it. Um, were you the sort of the the person who just decided to craft? Is there any of that history in your family? Anything that you kind of maybe drew from, or is it just all you? Well, I mean, my my mom is a very very handy person. Um, she mm-hmm. you know she's she's actually like really great at making uh, terrariums, which is kind of ironic. Ah. A great, yeah, kind of a great green thumb and, like, you know, just, okay. just like, a, you know, kind of a crafter in her own way. But I sort of came about it a different way because um, my interest initially was sort of in sports memorabilia. I was kind of interested mm-hmm. in, like, um, felt pennants and felt banners and, like, kind of stuff that sort of, uh, kind of across the world of like sort of fabric and craft and like sports memorabilia. Yeah. That's sort of what got me started, you know. So I started with sort mm-hmm. of making my own kind of felt pennants, and then yeah. you know, just, I got to learn more about the community and like learn all the things, you know, the different techniques and things you could do. I just like you know kept going and really you know really immersed myself in it. Okay, yeah, I think your work is uh, what we've seen on the show so far is very spirited. And I think that gets people rooting for you even more. And I think that, you know, from that, that sports aspect and cheering for a team or pulling for someone, it just really comes through in your, your designs. It's awesome. Good stuff. Oh, thank you. Now, you seem, I mean, tell me if this is safe to say. I can say you seem pretty laid back. You kind of alluded to this in your when you're talking about the audition. Like, you didn't get too worried. You know, it's just going to either happen maybe or not. So this whole idea right. of working on a deadline, you know, three hours for this, you know, maybe 12 hours for the master class, is, is working under pressure, does that bring out the best in you, or is it stressful, or does it just not matter either way, if you're going to do what you're going to do? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a great question. Um, I, you know, uh, like, I guess um, I guess I would answer that. that, that I think the time – 
uh, constraints on the project were definitely on each project on the show were definitely mm-hmm. like the most stressful part of it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it was definitely mm-hmm. a, a giant clock up there ticking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. There. Okay. You know, it was it was serious. Um, but uh, you know, I, in some ways, I I, I think for me, um, I kind of uh, enjoyed the the larger collection projects um, a little uh-huh. bit more because we did have some more time with those. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, for I, I kind of feel like three hours uh, is goes by very fast, and you mm-hmm. know, things can happen, and you know, there's a lot you can't control, and like. You know that was that was probably the hardest for me were those little three hour smaller projects. But the okay. larger projects, the larger projects, I really felt like really inspired. You know, it was just enough of a chunk mm-hmm. of time where you could really try and get like a lot of stuff done. You know, and like right. um, and not you know, and and you were rushed. You were working hard, but it mm-hmm. didn't a realistic amount of time. If, if that makes okay. Sense. Now, it does make sense. Now, so the three hours for the faster craft and then I guess about 12 hours for the master craft, did you all do those all in one day or were they split up? The, uh, the faster ones we would definitely do in, uh, in one, like in one morning or one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those mm-hmm. were done all at once. The larger ones, uh, sometimes they were split over uh, you know, over two, a two-day period. So, you know, we would do okay. say eight hours and then like a four-hour morning, you know? I mean, okay, I'm, okay. You know, I'm sure you know how it is. You're kind of like, I mean, it's like, you know, a project is never finished. You just, you know, you just kind of have to stop. You, you always want to keep making it better. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like that only this was a hard stop, you know? There was no, like, right. you know, tweaking this for the next couple of days. Yep. And really, you know, make it work. This is like, all right, this this is done right now. Um, yeah. Then you know, it's like, then it's going to be on television, and there's, you know, these great judges <laughs> that you really respect are going to come and probably, you know, <laughs> uh, have have things to say about it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the judging for a little bit. Now we all saw last night that maybe the judges weren't as excited about your faster craft and then you won the master craft challenge. Do you think it's to the advantage of contestants to to do better in the master craft? Do you feel like that weighs more um on the on the judges? Like when we watch it on T V we see it as, you know, your second project, you know. I don't know yeah. what order you guys actually did them in, but we're like, okay, they saw this craft and then they saw their bigger one. Um do you do you feel like that you know, gave you a competitive advantage that your second one you were happier with? Um, you know, that that honestly is sort of one of the sort of mystifying, like, kind of magical parts of this show. Uh, okay. Is that, you know, that, like, it's so hard. I mean, it's so hard to judge, you know, especially because we're really putting our, our, our sort of our histories and our lives into these projects a little bit and telling mm-hmm. something about ourselves. I think the judges mm-hmm. had, like, such a hard job, you know, really, like, I agree. you know, saying, like, this is good, this is bad. I, you know, I think they did a really, really cool job of, of sort of being original and surprising with their critiques. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, they kind of, like, yeah. they would kind of, like, you didn't, like, you never really knew, um, you know, maybe, you know, like, you, you kind of got a feeling, you know, Simon's kind of, like, 
you know, he's kind of funkier and he likes kind of like a little bit crazier, funky, like original uh-huh. stuff. You know what I mean? Okay. And Dana right. comes from that sort of like Etsy kind of, kind of, uh, you know, she's like, you know, very in tune with what's going on in Etsy. So you kind of mm-hmm. got a little vibe, but you just never really exactly knew, you know, what mm-hmm. was going to happen. Um, yeah. Like, put your best foot forward in the amount of time <laughs> and then, you know, just try to, just try to, you know, just try to see what happens and hope for the best in a way, you know. And, and sure, what was sure. cool about them was, like, I don't know if you noticed, like, during the craft, like, they would come visit us, you know, they come yes. visit you, like, halfway through. I don't think they do – I don't know – I don't remember if they did it if the judges came on the faster ones, but definitely on the um, on the uh, larger ones, they would come by. Right. Like, you know, I mean, what a great resource to be able to, like, have suggestions from Simon Dune mm-hmm. and it's like material. Yeah. How to push your idea farther. I mean, you know, sometimes you'd be like, oh man, I wish I had another six hours, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, that, that is cool. That, that must be inspiring in itself to, to hear their feedback, you know, part of the way through and maybe get some more, some more ideas. Yeah. So if, if you were in. They're the... like jazz, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, that must really just sort of give you a boost. I, I, that would be awesome. Um, if you had to judge crafts, which, like, we've kind of been talking about and that we've talked about on the podcast last week, it's just how do you do it? It just seems so hard, so impossible. What would you say are, would be the two um, biggest criteria for you? How would you approach it? Like, for instance, would originality be, yeah, would that be one of your criteria? Or what, you know, that's just an example, what? What would you be looking I, for? Do you think? I, sure, yeah. I, I think you, you nailed it for me. Is I, I, you know, I, I really like. I, for me, it's the it's sort of the originality of it. You know. Okay. I mean, mm-hmm. I, obviously, I, I appreciate you know like fine craftsmanship and you know like and workmanship and stuff like that. And like I think that's mm-hmm. definitely like you know hugely important. Obviously, um, but I, I, I think. You know, I, I'm all, I, I'm really excited when I see something new that I haven't thought of before, or, or or something. You know, someone's doing something a little bit different than I've seen before, and making it something new and personal. Um, that would definitely be like a higher priority for me. You know, in my okay area. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's cool. That makes sense. Okay, this is just kind of a silly question before we close out. You yeah. made this great yeah. award-winning taco truck. If you had to pick Nick or Amy, who would you have working in your taco truck? If this was a functional, out on the street taco truck, who would you have in there? <laughs> <That's a> tough <laughs> one. <laughs> um, I guess I'd probably um, I'd probably go with Amy. Um, okay. Because uh, you know um, she's smaller, so she'd fit in it better. <laughs> No, but I, uh, no, but seriously, she I, I, she's also like we're both kind of from Massachusetts, so you know, right. like uh, there's like a certain just uh, just a you know she feels like you know someone I knew from back in Massachusetts mm-hmm. a little bit, um, mm-hmm. but you know e- e- either one of them I would take in a heart you know in a heartbeat. I mean, they were two like just the funniest people. You know, even when the cameras are off, they're just that. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, that's good to all know. The time. Yeah, it was really it was cool. That, <laughs> Yeah, they were so down to earth. They made the whole thing like a lot less less nerve wracking than it might have been, you know. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. Take some a little bit of that stress or edge off. 
of things. Well, where can people find you? They're going to be looking for you and cheering for you on making it. But outside of the show, um, sure. you well, social my, media or a website, anything like that? Yeah, yeah. My uh, my website is at bkeel, B-K-H-E-E-L dot com. And then my okay. Instagram is... Um, and then my Instagram is at bkeel, uh, is my Instagram okay. handle. So those are pretty awesome. much the two, like, real primary ways to find me, yeah. Okay, okay, fantastic. Well, I'm sure people will be, be looking for you and, and watching all the good stuff that you're doing. Well, we really yeah. appreciate your time. This has been a lot of fun and some great insights. Um, so we, we're very grateful for your time. And um, your your mom your mom your mom doesn't come on the interview part. She just comes at the first. Part. No, you know I I twisted her arm to get her to do the podcast period, which I think she is fantastic. She takes yeah. notes on the show. She loves you. I, I she she is very impressed. Oh wow. She, she's already been quoted on Twitter how she said that Billy is a great crafter and a great father as well. She wanted to point oh, that I out. That. So. Tell her thank you so much. Because I know she's kind of like a very uh, she's a very serious crafter, right? I mean, it sounds like she really. I mean, she has a she has a long history, and she has a lot bigger skill set than I do. I I have fun, and I focus in a few areas, but yeah, she's she's got a a long history there, and a great appreciation for what people do and how they put their hearts in it. So yeah, so I love talking to her about the show. She's having a lot of fun. But she That's said, great. no, she said, you do a good job with interviews. You do that part. And because um, I offered, I said, we're talking to Billy. Do you want to get on the phone? Um, so who knows? You know, we'll, we'll see if she changes her mind. But she, so far, she's leaving that part to me. But I'm just, I'm grateful that she's joining me on the discussion because uh, we have a lot of fun. So, That's yeah, great. awesome. All right. Well, thank you. You take care and we'll keep rooting for you. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. 